0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message.
1: Luke chapter number 2, we'll begin reading in verse number 25 and we'll read down to verse number 32. Luke 2, verse number 25, the Bible says, and behold... There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Amen. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the reading of it.
0: And thank you for the privilege you've given me to stand and to preach and to proclaim what thus saith the Lord. But I pray this morning that there would not just be the reading, and I pray there would not just be the preaching, but I pray there would be the receiving. And I pray that we would respond, and I pray that we would hear and apply the truths of the Word of God that we have heard and the the Word that will be preached. And I pray we would go out and live it this week. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, Brother Mike, I had never heard that song before. I, I love that song, and uh, I'm going to be preaching tonight about Joseph. Uh, he is a Bible character, especially at Christmas time, I think that's overlooked. Um, last Sunday morning, I preached about uh, the wise men and the gifts that they brought. Uh, Wednesday night, I preached about Anna. This morning, I'll be preaching about this man, Simeon. But I love the Christmas story. I love the events surrounding the Christmas story. And I hope that you take some time between now and next Sunday. I hope you'll take some time to read through the Christmas story. Let God speak to you. You say, I've memorized it. I understand that. And uh, there are a lot of things that you can memorize that once you've got it memorized, that's all there is to it. But the Bible is not like that. The Bible is a living book. And uh, God speaks through his word and the Holy Spirit convicts and You'll you'll read something from the Bible that you've read a hundred times, and God will speak to you, and God will show you something that you've never seen before. And I thank God for the Word of God and the privilege that we have to study it uh, here this morning. If you'll notice with me, Simeon is a man who is uh, in the temple. Uh, Baby Jesus has been born, and uh, eight days later, uh, Joseph and Mary, they bring Jesus to the temple. And Wednesday night we saw how uh, Anna uh, responded when she saw Jesus. But here is Simeon. And Simeon is a man that God has promised him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. Now, again, I don't think it's a coincidence that Simeon was hanging out in the temple. That's a great place to see Jesus. That's a great place to to wait for God to show up. Now, I I want to tell you this. uh, The church ought to be a place where Jesus shows up. And if you come to church and Jesus never shows up to you, it may be the problem is with the church. I understand that. Maybe the problem is with the pastor. But sometimes I think the problem is with us. I think that we're not coming expecting God to speak. We're not coming uh, listening and expecting God to give us something. I hope you get something from church every Sunday. I hope every service, I hope you get a blessing. I hope that God shows up in your life. But here Simeon is waiting. And the Bible says in verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout and he was waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. I'd like to preach for a few moments this morning on this subject, what to do while you are waiting. What to do while you're waiting. Here Simeon is, and he received the promise that he would see the Messiah, and so now he's waiting. But while he's waiting, he's not just sitting back, relaxing, uh, chilling, waiting for, waiting for some, something to come to him. He's in the temple. And I think Simeon was in the temple, and I think he was on high alert. I think he was scanning the crowd every time he went. I think he was just wondering, I wonder who the Messiah is. I wonder if he's here today. I wonder if I'm going to get to see him today. And he is waiting, the Bible says, for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation here literally re- refers to the comfort of God and the fulfillment of the promised Messiah. Jesus, we see in the Bible, is our consolation. He is our comfort. Romans 15, the God of patience and consolation. Second Corinthians 1, our consolation aboundeth. Our comfort aboundeth by Christ. Uh, Philippians says our consolation is in Christ. First Thessalonians says God has given us everlasting. Consolation. Hebrews 6 says we have a strong consolation. Maybe you're here today and you need some consolation. Maybe you need some comfort. I got good news for you today. Jesus Christ is not just a good place to find comfort. He is comfort. Jesus, while he was on this earth, he told his disciples, he said, I'm going to heaven, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter and you have the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you if you've been saved, and you have the God of all comfort, not just in a church building, not just sitting in a pew, not just waiting for you at a a certain spot, but you have the God of comfort that goes with you everywhere you go. I'm thankful for the consolation. But what happens when you're waiting? Many of the young people today will never experience what true waiting is like, but when I was in college, I had met a young lady, just so the suspense is not killing you for the whole story, her name was Joanna. I met a young lady and we went on a date, our first date, we went to a banquet in November of the year 2000. And that date in November was wonderful, but Christmas was coming and we would go to our separate places for Christmas vacation. I saw her and said goodbye to her the last day of school and then she flew home and then I was going to fly home a day or two later. And so that first night, that first night, I wrote a Christmas card. And now I don't know if any of you, some of you know about this thing, but there's this thing, it's called an ink pen. And paper it's amazing how you if you fold it up just right it fits inside of an envelope and you put an address on it and you put a stamp in it and then you give it to these people who deliver it for you it's an amazing thing and so I sent Joanna a Christmas card I didn't I didn't you say why didn't you text her because we didn't have text messaging Say, why didn't you call her? Well, because we had just started dating and I wasn't so sure. I'm just, I was trying to kind of get things going, you know, I was just trying to feel things out. I was trying to tread softly, you know, to find out if she was interested. And so I mailed a Christmas card. And you know what happens after you mail a card? You wait because you're hoping to get one back, right? And so every day over Christmas break, I'm sure my folks, I think they knew why, but Sure, they were wondering why I had to check the mail every day. And why not only check the mail, but I had to make sure whoever did check the mail that it all got inside and it was properly distributed, you know, so it wasn't buried somewhere in a stack. And I waited. I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And, I waited. and finally, I got a Christmas card. And I must admit, I thought, well, apparently she's not in a hurry to send me a Christmas card like I was to send her one, but she sent a Christmas card and it was awesome. It was wonderful. And uh, so I was okay. Well, we got back to college and we began talking and she told me that she had not gotten my Christmas card till much later, you know, you remember when like the mail, like, it took a while, like yesterday, and she didn't get it right away. And so she was on the other end. She was wondering, "I wonder if he's going to send me a Christmas card. I wonder if he's going. To, I wonder if he's going to send anything here." And so she was checking the mail, and then I was checking the mail. We didn't know what was going on, but we were waiting. Can I tell you? You may be here today, and you're not waiting for a Christmas card. You're not waiting for something like that, but. You're waiting on a miracle. Maybe you're here today and you're waiting on a prayer that you've been praying for a long time and you're praying and waiting for God to answer it. Maybe you're here and you're waiting for a a surgery that's been scheduled and it seems like an eternity till that date comes. Maybe you're here and you're waiting for healing. Maybe you're waiting uh, for uh, a phone call. Maybe you're waiting for uh, the job to get better. Maybe you're waiting for a financial uh, breakthrough. Maybe you're here and you're waiting for retirement and you think, I just can't wait for that to come. Maybe you're waiting for something else. Maybe it's big, maybe it's little, but you're waiting. The Bible tells us in this passage that Simeon was waiting. We don't know how long that Simeon had been waiting, but we know that it had been 400 years since the close of the Old Testament. We know that for 400 years, God did not speak to His people through the prophets and give us the Word of God like we have it today. From the close of Malachi to the start of Matthew, 400 years had gone by, and God's people were all waiting and wondering. Things seemed hopeless, the Romans had come into power and the Romans were not a, 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 a gentle uh, a, a people, but they were a very harsh and a very cruel people. And the nation of Israel was waiting for something to happen. And in the midst of waiting and in the midst of hopelessness and in the midst of all that, I'm so glad to tell you that Jesus came on the scene and Jesus showed up when it seemed Hopeless. Your situation that you're waiting on today, it may seem hopeless, but I got good news for you. Jesus could show up. Jesus could come through. Jesus could answer that prayer. Jesus changes everything. You see, the Old Testament was very confusing. God's people were trying to keep the law. They were trying to offer the sacrifices. They were trying to have it all make sense. But the Old Testament does not make sense until you get Jesus. And when Jesus comes, you realize that Jesus Christ is the answer to everything. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment. Jesus Christ is the sacrifice. Jesus is the promise fulfilled. And Simeon was waiting. Number one, we talked about this. He was waiting. And if you're here today and you're waiting on God, I want to encourage you, keep waiting. Now, if you're waiting on a friend, that may or may not happen. If you're waiting on your boss or if you're waiting on a a neighbor or if you're waiting on, on somebody else, that may not come through. But if you're here today and you're waiting on God, I want to tell you, God will do what He said He will do. God keeps His promise. Psalm 27, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. God always keeps His promise. Simeon was waiting for the consolation, the comfort of Israel. But number two, I see not only was he waiting, but he was watching. And if you're here today and you're waiting, you're waiting on God, you're trusting God, you're praying, you're seeking God. I want to tell you, while you're waiting, be sure that you are watching. The Bible says in verse number 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. You know, as Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, something happened. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. The Holy Spirit revealed something to him. The Holy Spirit said, Hey, Simeon, you're not waiting in vain. You're not going to have to wait forever because, Simeon, you will see the Messiah before you die. Your prayer will be answered. I see that Simeon was listening. Simeon was paying attention isn't it amazing the things you can learn if you'll listen i know it's a novel idea but listening is good paying attention is good Uh, and listening to god is so important many times we, we we tune out the holy spirit we tune out the preaching we tune out the teaching we set aside the word of god and then we wonder why we're so miserable I got news for you. While you're waiting on God, be watching, be listening, be anticipating. The Bible says that he, it was revealed to him, if you notice with me in verse number 26, by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord, Lord's Christ. Verse 29, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Simeon was listening to the word of God. He was listening and and watching and anticipating for God to speak. The name Simeon or the name Simon, it literally means to hearken or to listen. If you were to grade yourself today on how well you do listening, 10 being the best and zero being the worst, I wonder how you would grade yourself with listening. If you're honest, most of us, if we're honest, we are better at talking than we are listening. Is that not true? You ever find yourself when somebody's talking to you and somebody's telling you something that you're thinking about everything else? Like when the preacher's preaching on Sunday morning at 1144, hopefully not. But, but sometimes we don't listen. But God has something to say. And friend, you may, not, you may not be concerned about what I have to say, but I would ask you to be concerned and to be very, very uh, focused on what God has to say. It's the word of God that we need. Simeon was waiting. Number two, he was watching. Number three, he was worshiping. Simeon was in the temple. And that's a great place to worship God when you come to the temple and you come to the house of God and we worship God together. But worship doesn't just take place one day a week. Worshiping God ought to be seven days a week. Worshiping ought to be done, not just at church, but every day in your life. The Bible says he was a just man. He was righteous. He was devout. That word devout means he, he reverenced and, and he respected God. I love this. When he saw Jesus come in the temple, I talked about this Wednesday night. When he saw Jesus come in the temple, he didn't just go by and look at him. He took him in his arms. He took baby Jesus in his arms, and he said, this is the one I've been waiting for. He worshiped Jesus. He worshiped God. Verse 28, he blessed God. The word bless here means to praise or to thank. I wonder, uh, we ask God to bless us, and we ask God to, to help us, but when God does answer that prayer, are we quick to praise him and thank him for His blessings upon us. The Bible tells us that if we're going to worship God, they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Here's sometimes how we worship God. We come to church. We sit on the pew. We open the hymn book. We stand for the scripture reading. We sit down on the pew. We walk out the door. And we were here physically, but spiritually we were not. We just went through the motions. Some people do that. That, That's how some people live their lives. They go to work and they could care less about their job. By the way, that's how some people live their life with their family. They're just going through the motions. They're thinking about everything else, but they're not focused on the people. They're not focused on what's important. And friend, I want to tell you what's important when we come to worship God is not just what happens on the outside, but what happens on the inside. We ought to have a heart of worship. We ought to have a a heart of of love and devotion to God. Romans 12 says it like this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. You know what God wants more than your offering? You know what God wants more than your money? He wants you, he wants your life, he wants your heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. Number four, quickly, I see that Simeon, while he was waiting, he was watching, he was worshiping, but then I see he was witnessing. He said, oh, I didn't know that they witnessed back in the, uh, the, the, the time of Jesus, and I didn't know that they witnessed there in the, the Jewish temple. Well, look what it says in verse number, um, uh, here we go, you ready? I'm going to find it here. What book are we in? Anybody know? Luke chapter 2. Here we go. Verse number 30. uh, uh, Simeon says, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He's talking about salvation. He's talking about Jesus. Which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Simeon was witnessing. But Simeon's view was not just of the Jewish people. Simeon's view was a view of the world. And you know, that's how God wants us to witness today. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, this Messiah, this baby, this child, this is the salvation and this will be a light to lighten the Gentiles. I wonder when was the last time that you got burden for somebody to be saved that was outside of your family. I hope you're burdened for your family. I hope you're burdened for your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers. but when was the last time you saw a complete stranger and said, "I wonder if that person's saved." I wonder if that person has ever heard the gospel. I wonder, when was the last time when a missionary came through and they showed their video and you saw faces of people in foreign countries, people that have never even heard the gospel? And what was the last time that you were moved and broken with compassion for those people because you said, those people need Jesus? Friend, I want to tell you while we're waiting, and we are, you're waiting on something today. You're waiting for an answer to prayer. You're waiting for a miracle. You're waiting for a blessing from God. And keep waiting. But while you're waiting, we ought to be witnessing. We ought to be sharing the good news of salvation with a lost and dying world. I see number five in this passage. I see that Simeon was winning. He says when he saw Jesus in verse number uh, 28, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said this, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Here's what Simeon says. He says, Lord, My life has been a success. My mission is complete. God, I I feel like I have fulfilled the reason that you put me on this earth. He said, I have lived my life for you and now I'm ready to go home. You know, it's amazing. We, We do not know the day when God will take us home. We don't know the day that the trumpet's going to sound and and we'll be raptured out here. We do not know either of those days. But I think we all understand that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so in order to say, I've lived for God and my life is complete, in order to say that, that means that you've got to live every day as if it could be your last for Simeon, every day he was scanning the temple. Every day he was looking at the crowd. Every day he was just trying to find out who that Messiah might be. And when he saw Jesus, he said, my life is complete. I wonder today, could you say that if God were to call you home today? Could you say, I've fought a good fight? I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Could you say mission accomplished today? I'll say this. I know we all have things we want to do, and we all have have things we'd like to see accomplished for for the Lord. But but if, if Jesus were to come today, if your life ended today, could you say, I've won? Could you say, I've experienced victory? Could you say that my life has been a success in the eyes of the Lord? Number six, I want to give you this thought what to do while you are waiting? You should be watching and worshiping and witnessing and, and you should be winning. You should be living every day as if it could be your last. You ought to be able to say, Lord, uh, I've lived my life. I've done my best for you today and I'm ready to go whenever you call me. But then I see number six, I see a warning. The Bible says in verse 33, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Can you imagine, and brother Mike, as you sang that song uh, from Joseph's perspective, but can you imagine Joseph and Mary there with baby Jesus, and here Simeon is prophesying all of this, and here's the light to lighten the Gentiles, and and Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace. And I, I can't imagine that they they were they had to have been just completely blown away. They marveled at those things, and then verse thirty four, Simeon blessed them. First, he was blessing and praising this child, but now he's blessing Mary and Joseph. He's given them some encouragement. He's giving them something to think about. Verse 34, he blessed them. And he said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. We see number six as we look at the life of Simeon and and in this account in Scripture, we see number six, we see a warning. Simeon, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, Mary, I need to tell you something about this baby. This baby is the King. This baby is the Messiah. This baby is the light that will lighten not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. But this baby will be misunderstood. This baby, this child will be rejected. This baby will be a stumbling block to many. You say, how is that possible? How could this child be set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the chief cornerstone. Jesus came as the chief cornerstone to Israel, but the Bible says that he became the stone which the builders rejected. The Bible says in John that he came unto his Own and his own received him not. The Bible tells us that rather than taking Jesus and putting a crown of gold on his head, they put a crown of thorns on his head. Instead of giving him a a robe of royalty, they put the purple robe on him and they mocked him and they put up the sign, "The King of the Jews." And if you're really the king, by the way, how'd you end up on this cross? The warning is this there would be many who would be disappointed there would be many that would be confused and here's why you ready for this hang on they were expecting a messiah to come and to take away all their problems they were expecting a messiah to come and to conquer the romans and expecting a messiah to 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 elevate israel uh, to to be the the prominent nation in the world and that did not happen As a matter of fact, Jesus did not come as the mighty conquering king. He came as the humble and meek servant. He came not as a roaring lion, but he came as a lamb to be slain. You see, there were many that stumbled over Jesus. There were many that misunderstood Jesus. And today there are many that still stumble over jesus there are many that see that jesus christ they they know that he died on a cross they know that he was buried and they know that he rose again but they still have not accepted him as their savior they think it's just a good story they think it's just a a good idea they think jesus is just something you add to your portfolio they think that jesus is just a a good addition to add to your life friend jesus is not an addition to your life he is your life He's your rock. He's your cornerstone. He is your foundation. And Jesus is the cornerstone. Don't stumble over that rock. Don't stumble over that stone, but rather build your life upon him. Make Jesus your foundation. The warning is this. There will be some that will reject him. You know people like that, don't you? I know people like that. You've witnessed to him, you've talked to him, you've prayed with them. you've prayed for him, and yet still they think they don't need Jesus. Well, friend, I want to tell you, if you're here today and you have rejected Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't reject him today. Make today the day that you receive him because he is the only way. The Bible says there is uh, no, no salvation under any other name except the name of Jesus Christ. There's also a warning Verse 35, Simeon said to Mary, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Simeon was foretelling of the heartache and the heartbreak that Mary would experience as she stood at the foot of the cross. My wife and I, we have experienced each losing a parent. We've never experienced losing a child. Some of you in this room have. Can I tell you, I, I do not know what you've gone through. But Mary would stand at the foot of the cross, at the foot of Calvary, and not just see her son die. a a death of natural causes, or not just see her son die a a death of, of accidental death. She would see her own son mocked and beaten and spit upon and ridiculed, tortured and executed on a cross. I can't imagine that heartache. I can't imagine that heartbreak. You see, in this life, there will be heartache. In this life, there will be confusion. In this life, there will be sorrow. But as Mary watched her son die on the cross and as her heart was breaking, she was watching her son die so that she could live. She was watching her son die so that you can live and so that I can live. She was experiencing the heartache of losing her son so that people that stand at the graves of their children and people that stand at the graves of their loved ones and people that stand at the graves of their friends could say, my loved one may have died. My loved one may be gone for now, but because Jesus died and because Jesus was buried, because he rose again, I'm not saying goodbye to my loved one down here. I'm gonna see him again. Can I tell you, because Jesus died, and because he was buried, and because he rose again, we can live also, and we can have eternal life. We see the warning, and the warning I give to you is this. There will be some that will reject the cornerstone, but when others reject the cornerstone, just keep building your life on Jesus Christ. Don't get discouraged. And then I give you this warning that although there will be some confusion, there there will be some heartache and there will be some sorrow in life. Just remember this, Jesus came so that you and I could have true comfort and true consolation. Simeon was waiting for the consolation. By the way, that consolation came, that comfort came. And here we are 2,000 years later and you know what we're doing? We're waiting for the consolation to come again. We're waiting for Jesus Christ, the a voice of the archangel, the shout, the trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise, and then we, which are alive and remain, be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And what a day that will be. And oh, by the way, that passage ends by saying, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That is the consolation. That's the comfort that we're waiting for